Welcome back to the Money Pig Podcast, brought to you by Goodwin Investment Advisory, where our mission is to lead people to financial peace, independence, and generosity. I'm your host, Reed Trigo, and today on the show, we're joined by certified financial planner, Justin Pickcock, for a discussion about GIA's 2024 Retirement and Tax Planning Quick Sheet. Welcome, Justin. Well, let's go. All right. What are we waiting for? <laughs> here we go. All right. This is awesome. So here's the deal. Thanks for being here. It's awesome. Always to have you here. Uh, tax planning is hard to begin with, but so many things are like indexed for inflation and changed by legislation. Oh, I could sound like Hamilton. I can oh, yeah. rhyme. Here we That's go. Right. That it, it makes it really difficult <laughs> at, so for everybody. So we have... This guide to make it simpler, our 2024 Retirement and Tax Planning Quick Sheet Guide. And here's the deal. If you're listening and you want to follow along, you can actually go to our website. You can go to our guides, find this, and uh, you can follow along with this. So pause yes. us real quick, run to the website. Okay, Down, we're back. Download we the guide. Yeah, that's All right. right. Download the guide. Or you can also, if you want to get our blogs, which this has been sent out, you can text blog to 66866. Now, you won't have this guide in your hands in seconds, but- um, that is a way to get on to all of our blogs. So Justin, we're going to talk about this quick sheet and we're, you know, it has so many things on here. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. This, this is a tool that we use as advisors to guide client conversations. And there are so many numbers here that none of us can remember all of them or memorize all of them. They change every year. So this is like a quick reference sheet when we're trying to solve somebody's tax puzzle. But this this is the go-to guide. Yeah, what but we pull I up. still want to read all oh, yeah. of the numbers. Oh, all okay. of them? All of them. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're not going to read all the numbers. Never mind. Um, yeah. So we are not going to. We're going to make this marginally interesting. Ah, ah, we made a tax joke. That's funny. Marginal tax Mar- rates. Yeah. Okay. We'll get into that. <laughs> okay. We will. But we're going to actually start with some of the things about retirement plans. Yes. This is a question people so always the, have. These are some numbers we'll read off because it's good to know it's the beginning of the year. You know, you're about to get your first paycheck or maybe you already have if you get paid weekly, but yeah, it's too late if you get paid weekly because that paycheck's coming tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but um, so the 401k contribution limits increase every year. And, and so uh, this year, the the new contribution limit is 23000 if you're younger than 50 you're over 50, it's 30,500. So there's a 7,500 catch up if you're 50 or wiser. Okay. Um, 50 so or wiser. If I always trying, love it. Yeah. If you're trying to max out your 401k, you need to go in there, bump up your contribution rate. And I always suggest that, um, that you, instead of trying to max it out at the beginning of the year, like some high income earners, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to max it out early in the year. It's going to grow more. Well, not all 401k plans do what's called a true up. Meaning if you maxed it out early in the year, you may not be getting the full match. So I just say as a default, just spread it out over the course of the year. Try to max it out if you can, but do it evenly per pay period between now and the end of the year. So, so consistent contributions all year mm-hmm. long. Um, so you're getting that match at yes. every single paycheck or whatever. Yes, that's right. That's right. So 23,000 uh, if you're younger than 50 and then it's 30,000. 500 okay. if you're 50 and wiser. So it's Woo. a year you're, t- you're turned 50. So all right. it's good, Perfect. good distinction. Perfect. Um, Roth IRAs. So Roth IRAs, uh, you can now contribute 7,000 to 6,500 last year. It's 7,000 this year. I'm going to have to redo my math because I knew it was like 
fifty-one dollars a month or something last year. And now, yeah, now, you now have I got to gotta redo the math. Seven thousand divided by twelve. And if you're fifty <laughs> or or wiser, then it's eight thousand this year. Oh, that's me. All right. Okay. There you go. So. Yeah. All right. Eight grand this year. Let's go. Okay. 8,000 <laughs> divided by 12. That seems like it should be easy math. Okay. Um, great. I th- I th- what, it, what is that? Uh, we don't do public math. Okay. What, no public math here, but I think no. it's like a bunch of sixes. I think it is too. Yep. Okay. All right. So anything else here? Um, so, you know, with a 401k, you do, you've got the money that you put in as an employee. There's the employer contribution. If you're a small business owner or work at an awesome company that, that likes to do a big profit share, there is a combined maximum that you can put in there. It's up to 69000 this year. And then if you're 50 year old, or you still get that additional 7500 on top of that. So okay. awesome. um, it's a good number to know, but it probably applies to very few people. Right, right. How about HSAs? I learned something recently about HSAs. Yes, share. Please you want me do. to share it with you? Yep. So max is $8,300 for a family. Right, right. That you 2024. Contribute for 2024. Um, some employers actually put a match in for you. Yes. So the math would be this employer I heard about was given a $600 match, 300 in January, 300 in July or something like that. Nice. And so you got 8,300 for the full year minus the 600, 600 match and you divide the re- what's remaining yes. there by 12 and 320 a month or whatever there, the math was. Yes. That's Perfect. Cool. That's right. It's a combined total. So yeah. if your employer's matching Together, it still can't go over this eight thousand three hundred. Now, that's for a family plan. Right, an, an individual plan is four thousand one hundred and fifty, and so we highly recommend HSAs if the the health the high deductible health plan is the right fit for you. We recommend contributing to that to that HSA because it's one of the most tax advantageous account types that's that's out there. It's actually more advantageous than your four hundred one k. So it, it's uh, if if you have payroll deferrals, you're reducing your your federal income tax, state income tax, your payroll tax, and you can invest that money and it grows tax free. No other account does that for you. And when you spend it on medical expenses, yeah, it's tax free. Tax free. After age sixty five, you can use it for other things. However, it would be treated like an IRA or traditional four hundred one k, where it's taxable income but no penalty. So nice. Yeah. Okay. Great advantage. So max those HSAs. If you're eligible to contribute, increase your Roth or 401k contributions. If you're trying to max those accounts, don't forget to uh, get that going here at the beginning of the year. Um, By the way, I just want to say, this is a great conversation for the beginning of the year. Yes. Too many people like, Oh, maybe somebody in this room, me (laughs) start thinking about this in like December. Yeah. That's like not good. Nope. Nope. I mean, you can, uh, which that actually is a good point because there's a lot of folks in your situation, Reed. Thank <laughs> who you. Didn't Appreciate it. <laughs> listen to this last year. Yep. Um, but uh, so if, if you didn't max out your Roth, you, you've got until April 15th, you can max it out for last year. Last year was 6500 or you had $1,000 uh, catch up contribution if you're 50 older, so 7500 You can kind of just go ahead and top it off. So I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. And they were in that case. They had an extra uh, little bit that they could could put in there, and uh, so we, you know, calculated what that was. Boom, you know, just topped it off. And uh, but you know, that's one of their goals. They want to max out the Roths every year, just like filling up a gas tank. Yes, topping it off. Yep, top it off. <laughs> awesome. Let's try to plan ahead and avoid that. <laughs> okay, let's, yeah, I appreciate that. <clears throat> All right. Um, okay, that's on retirement plans. Now, other things that changed for twenty twenty four. 
especially from a federal level, level are marginal tax rates. Yes. So let's actually, let's start with a standard deduction. So, oh, right. That, that right. gets increased every year. Uh, it's indexed for inflation. So uh, for a, a couple filing joint, that's 29200 this year. And if you're 65 and older, you get a, actually a little bump on that. It's an additional 1550 on top of that. So that's, that's the standard deduction. When it comes to tax planning, that's important to know because you've got your total income. You've got above-the-line deductions, pre-tax 401k, HSA, employee-paid health insurance premiums. There's some above-the-line deductions. And, and then you get to this level where, okay, now it's the greater of either the standard deduction or your below-the-line deductions, which would be uh, charitable, mortgage— Charitable contributions. Yes, charitable contributions, mortgage interest— State and local taxes, which are capped at ten thousand, um, so it's it, when it comes to evaluating your financial situation and tax planning, we we uh, the standard deduction is very important. And under the Trump tax code, this is double what it used to be. Oh wow! And it'll okay. be that way this year and next year. Mm-hmm. And we think uh, if Congress doesn't do anything, which we think they're not going to intentionally. It's going to revert back to what it used to be, which will probably mean we all pay a little bit more in tax. I um, see. I see. So when it comes to, to planning, again, it's total income, above-the-line deductions, the gr- then the greater of your itemized below-the-line deductions or the standard deductions. A lot of people don't have enough itemized deductions to exceed the standard, so they just take the standard deduction. Yep. And so then once you've subtracted that, that's when you get to your taxable income. And it's funny because I don't think somebody might be listening to this going, oh, I have to decide. Well, probably not. If you're using TurboTax, easy for me to say. Or if they're using an accountant or a bookkeeping service to do their tax returns, they're going to make that election for you based on what's best for you. Yes, exactly. Yep. And so kind of knowing how that plays into effect, we've got to kind of start with your total income, subtract above the line deduction, subtract below the line or the standard deduction. Now we get to your taxable income and those income brackets are indexed for inflation. So this is a number that that we reference pretty often. We think about uh, when we're working with our clients, okay, um, for example, maybe it's a, a retired couple and their taxable income's really low, but they've got an IRA. Well, maybe there's some wiggle room here where we can do a Roth conversion and pay zero tax. Got it. And because that, <clears throat> that tax rate right there is, yeah, yeah it's low. So, okay. it, well, it, so if you're, if their taxable income was below, let's say, let's say they're retired, they're under the age of 65. If, if their taxable income was below 29,200, we, we at least need to get their income up to that threshold and convert like IRA money to Roth. So they pay zero tax on that. Nice. And anything that spills over is taxed at 10%. Up, up in the, you know, it, it waterfalls into the next tax bracket if there's more than that. But, you know, there's, there's like a $23,000 bracket here where the, the money that waterfalls into that bracket would be taxed at 10. If it waterfalls into the next bracket, it's taxed at 12 and so on. And knowing the tax brackets here, it, the, it, it's, it's a progressive system, meaning every dollar that falls in the next bucket gets taxed at that rate. It's only the money in that, in that bracket that gets taxed at that rate. So your, your first bit of money is taxed at 10. 
after, you know, when you get to your, when you go through this equation, we were just talking about with above line deductions, below the line deductions or the standard, then we are at taxable income. And then the income that's in that bracket is taxed, you know, up to 23,000 is taxed at 10. The money in the next bracket is taxed at 12. The money in the next bracket is at 22. Ooh, that's a big jump. 12 yeah, to 22. 12, 12, yeah, that is yeah. a big jump. It's worth noting. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to strategy, are there, are there things that we can do to kind of just keep that that next dollar from being taxed at yeah. a higher rate? And there's another big jump that's from 24 to 32%. Yeah. And so when it uh, in, in the threshold there, we're, we're for you know higher income earners, if if you're filing a joint tax return, any income that you have, ta- your taxable income, if it's over three eighty three, three hundred eighty three thousand nine hundred dollars. Yes. Yeah. Then that next dollar is taxed at thirty two percent. Yeah, that's the marginal rate. The right. next dollar marginal it's, is at thirty two. So you have a marginal rate and effective rate. And when we work with folks uh, that have incomes over this, if it's um, you know, it, it could be fifty thousand over that threshold, and then they've got above the line deductions. They've got the standard deduction or, or this or the greater of, you know, maybe it's their below the line deductions mm-hmm. and maybe we can get them down below that 32% tax rate. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's a conversation that, that we have fairly often where w- the question is, should they contribute to a Roth 401k or pre-tax 401k? And as kind of general default advice, everybody's situation is different here, but as just default advice, uh, we would say save in a Roth if you're taxed at 24. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're in that, if that marginal rate is 24%, save pre-tax if it's in 30 in the 32%. Rate. The traditional yep. Roth, uh, traditional traditional 401 k Yeah, yep. awesome. <clears throat> That's good advice. That's good advice. I've heard very similar things. So fantastic. Another, uh, I guess, thing that you know we help folks navigate would be the long-term capital gains tax rates. Okay. So just like the income tax brackets, there's tax brackets for long-term capital gains. And there's an opportunity that a lot of people can realize capital gains and pay zero on, on those gains. Well, tell us how to do that. <laughs> so, it, you know, I, I think of like a retiree, they're, they're stopped working, you know, they're living on retirement income. They've got money in different account types. So you have a taxable type, you only pay tax on the interest and dividends or capital gains. You have Roth money, you have pre-tax money. Well, if the sum of your taxable income is below $94,050 this year, any cap gains that were in that bucket are taxed at zero. Long-term cap gains, capital, capital gains, for which in investments for which you've held for at least a year and a day or something. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and so Taxed that's a zero. Great. Yes. Tax to do that. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, we often are looking at uh, like tax loss harvesting to uh, harvest any losses in somebody's portfolio for, to, you know, offset capital gains. But some people are in a situation where we actually want to harvest gains because we can harvest a gain and pay zero on it. So if we can do that, let's up your basis. There's actually no wash sale rule on on uh, harvesting gains. Oh, really? So okay. we can sell it, harvest the gain at zero, buy it right back. Wow, funny. And okay. yeah, so um, it, it, and that's something I think that you know you could work with your advisor. It's kind of a year end thing. You know what your income is going to be for that year. They've kind of worked through the calculation. Would it make sense to kind of go ahead and up the basis because you might be in a 
different situation next year or in the future, right? Interesting. So, Great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, getting smarter, so, getting smarter. Hold on. <laughs> there's one last category uh, that that's on this quick sheet that I thought I'd talk about here. It's called provisional income and it has to do with your social security. Oh, good. I don't know what that is. This, this is for retirees. Oh, good. Okay. I don't need to know what that <laughs> is yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> but actually in planning for retirement, you should know. So maybe it's for everybody. Okay. But, um, so social security income is income that can either be taxed or not. And the way the the current tax uh, code is written, like we need a plan for that. So if you're not retired, like what? Okay, let's let's decide. Let's think through this. Maybe this determines how you're saving your money. Are you putting that in a Roth, pre-tax, or taxable based on knowing the way this this works? So provisional income is the amount of other income that's taxable that's non-social security income. It's a bit more complicated than that. I'm trying to simplify it here. Let me ask a question. I think I can ask a question that makes it simpler. And I, because I truly don't understand. So let's say you have a Roth IRA okay, and you are withdrawing from that Roth. That is not taxable income. So it does not affect affect your provisional income. How about you have a regular taxable brokerage account? You were just buying some Exxon stock or some mutual funds or whatever. And you decide in retirement, you're going to withdraw that money. You're going to have maybe some capital gains and you've had some dividends on it through the year that is going to count toward only the, the amount of the dividend and capital gain, the principal, the cost basis does not count. That comes back to you. Okay. Yep. So that has a low impact on your provisional income. Great. And, and provisional income determines how much of your social security gets taxed. So we want to plan in advance that we're going to be in a situation where you have a low provisional income because if your provisional income is low enough, then Social Security is tax-free money. Right. If it's higher, there's this kind of phase out, or I should say phase in range, where right. Social Security gets taxed. And the mo- the largest percentage of your Social Security that is included in your taxable income is 85%. So it goes from zero to 85% being taxable. And so for those for those listening that are that are saving. That's why we generally recommend uh, recommend that you save money in all three tax types. So taxable, like a brokerage account, investment account. Um, you have the Roth money. We love the HSA because it kind of can function like mm-hmm. a Roth, basically, because it can grow tax-free if used for healthcare. Mm-hmm. And then there's the taxable amount. And there's there's some taxable income that you can can uh, realize that that is below this provisional income threshold here, which you know, you can, you can have that income and not cause social security to get, to get taxed. So, uh, for 2024, um, well, actually these numbers are not indexed, uh, necessarily for inflation, but, um, so if you're, if you're married filing a joint tax return, if your provisional income is below 32,000, then none of your social security gets taxed. Great. As your tax, as your provisional income gets above that, more and more of your social security will be included in your taxable income. So when you say taxed, so I see between, if your income provisional income mm-hmm. is between 32,000 and 44,000 and you're married filing jointly and um, it, they will tax 50% of your social security check. Does that, that's just like that's, income tax, right? That's not, 
they're not, you're gonna, not going to pay social no, security just, and Medicaid no, tax no, no, again. No, it's just, okay. just income. Okay. But yeah, and it, it, it's, it's a gradual range. So it's not, uh, there, there is a, a pretty complex formula here. So it's, it's every incremental dollar that, that's uh, of provisional income that causes a little bit more of your social securities uh, to be included in your taxable income. So it's a range from zero to 85% being included in social security. And uh, that provisional income kind of threshold is between thirty-two thousand and forty-four for a couple. I see. So that's that's a number we look at when we're working with a retiree. It's like okay, when it comes to distribution planning, how much should we pull from that IRA? How much should we pull from the Roth? How much in cap gains should we have? So we want the combination of capital gains and dividends and interest and IRA distributions to be below this provisional income threshold if possible. Yep. People who have pensions generally can't do anything about it. If the pension is um, higher than this provisional income threshold, you're just, you're kind of, you're, you're in a situation where it's all, oh, 85% is going to get taxed. So, you know, a lot um, of people, a lot of times that was awesome. And thank you for kind of straightening me out on one of those things. A lot of times people look at investment advisories and they are like, well, they just invest your money, right? You know what? That is almost, that's a commodity anymore. Literally, you can go to Fidelity, open an account and invest your money. It's these kind of conversations oh, that yeah. make There's a huge a difference. There's a lot of like, value here. But I, mean, yeah. I will say like our, our portfolio Well, our models kick, do kick, kick butt. butt. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is absolutely right. I, I, you're tr- that's very true. The combos were good. Um, um, but yeah, the. It, this is awesome. This is great yep. information. So there's a, there's a lot of value here. We get to know your situation. We look uh, for opportunities, kind of knowing the tax code and, and where all the, the different brackets fall, knowing what's relevant to your situation. Our goal is to help, help you navigate this to pay the least amount of taxes over your lifetime. Yep. Awesome. Hey, and now for the grand finale, you know what we're going to do? We're what's going that? to explain <laughs> how to calculate... Required minimum distributions. Uh, not. <laughs> We're not doing that. No way. We're out. That's terrible. That would be awful, uh, awful podcast listening. Uh, nobody would listen. <laughs> no, you'd stop. Um, you'd stop. <laughs> Turn it off. But yeah, hey, um, yeah, thanks again, Justin. That's awesome. Yeah. Really good fun. information. It is. It's always fun. And you can get this at our website, goodwininvestment.com. Search for our guides. You would want the uh, 2024 Retirement and Planning Quick, quick sheet. That's yes. our guide. It's really great. And then, you know what you could do is you can get pull it up, get it, and then you can come back and listen to this episode again because you can follow along with what we're saying. I think that's yes. a good idea. Yep. And and just as I was mentioning a minute ago, this is as financial advisors, we manage and rebalance portfolios and build kick butt, kick yeah. butt um, Por- portfolios. Let's try to keep it clean here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the unique value is that we work to mm-hmm. understand our clients' individual goals so we can have these exact types of planning conversations that are, that are so personal and unique to each individual. So thanks again for being with us, Justin. Yeah, it was fun. Right on. And thanks for listening. We will catch you next time. Bye. The Money Pick Podcast is hosted by Reed Trigo, a financial advisor at Goodwin Investment Advisory. This podcast is intended to share information and perspectives, but should not be interpreted as legal, financial, or tax advice. The opinions shared by participants are not necessarily endorsed by the company. Goodwin Investment Advisory is regulated by the SEC, and the company operates in compliance with applicable securities, laws, and regulations.